Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Chasing Health Podcast. I'm your host, Chase Smith. No matter what goal you're working towards, I hope to show you that Chasing Health does not have to be a difficult or scary ordeal. Join me and my guests as we talk about all things related to becoming the best version of yourself, whether that's through nutrition, fitness, mindset, or life topics in general, we've got you covered. All right, let's not waste any more time and dive right into the show. Welcome Carrie to the show. Super excited to have her. She's her and I have done an Instagram live together and we've also, and I've also been a guest on her podcast um, when she first started her podcast up a few months back and um, super excited to have her on today. And she has an amazing story to share, but first I just want to just catch up, you know, how are things going with you? Ah, yeah. Well, firstly, thank you for having me. It's nice to be on your podcast. Congrats on starting your podcast. Thank you. Um, thank you. No, I love it. You took the leap doing that Instagram live. It, it's always tough doing that, you know, because um, yeah, you can't go back and edit anything. It's like, no, we're here. We're live. <laughs> but it was so much fun. And, you know, we have very, not like exactly the same, but similar stories, you know, and I think it's great to be able to connect um, to people who understand, you know, where you've been. Um, but yeah, no, life's good. We're kind of fresh out of a uh, lockdown. Bermuda got very lucky um, for about a year where we were kind of living as normal. And then being a very small island, all it takes is kind of one, you know, to set up. So anyways, we had about two months of kind of not leaving the property, you know, home workouts, all this. Um, But, you know, you got to get through it and we're on the other side of that now. So things are, things are well and back in the gym and, you know, trying to, regain all that strength. Yeah, no, I, I get it. And I, I was kind of wondering that because I saw you went back to the home workouts a little while and then, and I noticed you've kind of been gone back into the gym. So I, I'm sure that's much easier and much, just a lot, a lot more fun, I guess is the word I get. It's safe to say it's just because you have a lot more equipment, to dif- different equipment to use and just a lot more variety and rather than like just body weight stuff or simple dumbbell stuff. And I'm not even sure what supplies you had at home, but yeah, I mean, yeah. it definitely well, restricts you. Yeah, we were, we were lucky. Like we invested in three pairs of dumbbells. And the thing is, Steven is a six foot three, like (laughs) strong dude, right? And we had to invest in dumbbells that would kind of challenge us both. But like, I wasn't going to get eighties and try and like bicep (laughs) curls. So, you know, we kind of agreed on getting, um, 15 so I could do some, some like lighter upper body stuff, um, you know, 25s and forties. And we were like, okay, you know, for anything that we need to increase, we'll just slow the tempo or whatever. And it was actually kind of cool because it pushes you out of your comfort zone, you know, and yeah. it, it just kind of tests you and, and, and what was I going to say? Like, it's something I, I share with my clients often is that, you know, if, if life suddenly changes, if something happens or if you're overseas or whatever, like, are you still a person who exercises? Like, do you identify as a fit person? Like, you know, I've been telling myself I've been an athlete since I was overweight and I first went into the gym. Mm -hmm. What would an athlete do? Well, I'm still going to train, right? It's like no excuses. It's tough. I don't like it. It's hot outside, you know, we're heading into summer, but you know, I still got it done. So, um, I thought it was a good, good experience and teaching point, you know, for my clients too. It's like, who do you identify as, you know, 
Absolutely. And it, it just tests you in different ways and you find out how to push your limits and find other ways to complicate your workouts or not complicated if that's the right word I should use, but like ways to make it more difficult with the limited supplies that you have, like you said, slowing down the tempo or, you know, adding more reps. Absolutely. Yeah. And, yeah. and reps, all, the, all the crazy stuff, right? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and I'm sure, um, and you and I also share a common um, thing with, we have the same trainer, Jordan Lips. Um, so I'm sure he's also tested you with all the limited things you've had as well. <laughs> Honestly, I, at the one point I had to message him and I was just like, is this a mistake? It was something, <laughs> something like Bulgarian split squats going straight into walking lunges. And I was like, what is this? <laughs> the funny thing is because he did that to me, um, the fit method workouts this month, which is the monthly uh, group subscription that I have, you know, uh, workout subscription. Mm-hmm. Um, I gave them the same thing. So I, was like, <laughs> I have to do it. You guys are going to do it this month, right? So it's kind uh, of different coaches and, um, you know, you just learn different, different techniques, techniques necessarily, but different styles, right? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Well, that's, that's so funny. Cause I remember seeing a couple of days ago, I think it was on your story. You were like, whoever's in my fit method, you know, app beware <laughs> or something like that along those lines. I put it in. I was like, should I, shouldn't I, should I? And I was like back and forth. And I was like, no, no, you guys are getting this. You guys have leveled up. You know, you've been with me for a while. And, you know, there's always modifications for things in the, in the, in the fit method. And, you know, and people can reach out and ask for substitutes, but you know, there's some people in there that really could use the challenge. So if anyone's listening, sorry, not sorry. <laughs> <laughs> They'll thank you later. They'll, they'll, they'll probably be cussing you during it, but they'll thank you later. <laughs> yeah. So how's your training going? Going great. Going great. I'm actually on like peak week right now and of my third mesocycle. Um, going really well. Um, definitely feeling great. Um, and actually yesterday it was funny. I, I made a post yesterday about how I did not want to go to the gym, actually. Um, it was just having a really kind of like a Debbie Downer day morning and like found, wanted to try to find every reason not to go. Like I put on my gym clothes, still was like, no, I don't have to go. I, I can just sit around and not do anything today. So then I put on some music, still like trying to find every little reason not to go. But I made myself go um, and actually ended up having one of my best workouts yet. Um, see how that works sometimes. Yes. Like my deadlift, I've gotten up to 285. Wow. Uh, working with him so far. So last year I hit my PR of 300, but, yeah. but my form definitely probably wasn't as good as it could have been at the 300. So we definitely have cut back to weight working with him, but also really, really worked on form. And also I love how I've never been one to record myself working out, but now that I have to, to be able to send those to him to check my form it helps so much because I'm able to find out what I'm doing wrong, what I'm doing right. And the week last week, my form was getting a little bit hairy at times with the 285. Um, and I think I did four or five, I think I did five reps last week. And he was like, you know, maybe we should either go down the weight or maybe add in like a bumper plate underneath to raise up your like landing um, zone. And so we, I threw in some plates underneath of there and this week I did 285 for nine reps and just like knocked it out. It felt great. And then like looking at my form was a lot better just with that one little tip that he suggested. So 
again, all that goes to show like your, some of your worst days that you feel like you don't want to work out can be your best workouts. Yeah. Honestly, I find that too. Like I, I hit new PRs today and last night was like not the greatest night of sleep. You know, I'm working on some new projects and I'm sure you understand like when you're mm-hmm. newer and you're already busy, like it's sometimes it's really hard to switch off. You know, because you're just like, oh, I have an idea. I should get up at 12 and write this down. And, you know, <laughs> or when you're a content creator, you know, like right before this podcast, I came up with like ideas for content. And I was like, oh my gosh, where are my voice notes? I'm like, oh, I want to write it now. And, <laughs> you know, whereas like if you dedicate an hour and it's like, okay, I'm going to write, it's like, how, sometimes you can't do that. You can't force yourself to be creative, right? Um, and I know I just totally went off in left field there, but uh, <laughs> no, it's fine. But yeah, like what I was saying is I was up, you know, up last night. It wasn't my greatest night this morning. Same thing. Um, I swear I'm crediting these Kit Kats. Like I've been, <laughs> <laughs> Kit Kats, I had them before my workout and it actually turned out to be a really, really good workout. <laughs> um, so I think I'm going to start timing them before my workouts. There you so go. Capitalize on all that extra energy, right? So, so my, for my listeners who may not know what you're talking about with the Kit Kats, um, I, I know what you're doing with that, with the stories that you've been putting out, but let, I think it's an awesome thing. It, it honestly reminds me of Jordan Syatt's Big Mac challenge that he did. And um, so go ahead and share with those listening. What is the Kit Kat thing you're doing? All right. So I'm doing the 30 day Kit Kat challenge. Um, I am definitely not the first to do it. As you mentioned, uh, Jordan Syatt did it with the Big Mac. Um, I believe so. He did it with a Snickers. And I know um, I've actually had a couple other coaches reach out to me and they're like, we did this too. And I really wanted to make an impact and change the narrative about like clean eating. You know what I mean? Or mm-hmm. people just even working with clients and, and obviously, you know, being on Instagram, you get a lot of DMS, a lot of people that are like, Oh, you know, I was doing so well. And then I messed up this weekend. And you ask them, well, what happened? It's like, well, I had a cupcake. And I'm like, so like, how is that met? Like one, one incident, you know? So obviously taking it to the extreme wouldn't promote to have a chocolate bar every day. <laughs> you could yeah. like in a deficit, it's, it's, it takes from your calories. You know what I mean? But I'm uh, doing it just to showcase that like, I, you can still lose fat. You know, you can still be healthy. You can still lose fat. Um, eating a Kit Kat daily pretty much like, so I'm tracking my daily weight and showing it on Instagram um, eating a Kit Kat chunky every day. I'm going to be really sick of them by the end. They're really, I wanted the dark chocolate ones, but then I was like, everyone's going to be like, Oh, you lost it because it's dark chocolate. And I was like, yeah. we're not going down that rabbit hole. So milk chocolate it is. <laughs> it doesn't matter. They're the same calories. Um, and yeah, I'm going to monitor and just showcase how, um, cause I want to take off another like seven to 10 pounds. I'm not too attached to the scale number, but, uh, I figured documenting it, um, it's going to make me a little bit more adherent too. you know what I mean? And give increase Absolutely. my, um, and yeah, hopefully show people that having one chocolate bar is not going to make or break their progress because I ate 30, you know, Oh, that's a lot of chocolate bars. I should have saved the wrappers <laughs> <laughs> or, or just like an, well, at the end of the month, you'll have to like add up how many calories that is. And like how much, like, all, yes. I mean, all the other stats, you know, carbs, fat, protein, or yes. if, does it even have like, what, like maybe like one gram of protein in it? Oh, I, uh, you know what? I don't even know. They're 200. I picked a kick <laughs> like 202 calories. I would have chosen like a Snickers because at least like peanuts are great, you know, yeah. but, 
but I'm because I'm in a cut too. I don't want to make my cut any harder than it has to be. <laughs> Huge chunk of my calories, right? Like last night was, um, and for those listening, like you can include these treats in your diet, but you have to understand that when you have it, there's going to be trade-offs. Like you're not necessarily going to be able to have pizza for dinner if you've used up calories having a chocolate bar, you know, because your nutrient, like your nutrition intake matters. Like you want to make sure you're getting in your veggies and your fruits and your protein is very, very important. And because I think it has like two or three grams of protein in it, like I have to really get my protein in other areas, which means some of my meals are just basic protein and veggies. Yeah. yeah. Dry seasonings, you know, I season them up the best I can. Love my air fryer. Yes. Yes. Love the air fryer. I tell you what, I know you and I are both on a big kick of the air fried salmon. Love that stuff. (laughs) What are your favorite things to cook in it? Probably either chicken breasts, salmon, um, I actually made some air fried cod the other night, which actually was really good. Just something a little bit different. I was actually looking at the salmon and I was picked with salmon up and I looked over, I was like, oh, let me try some cod in the air fryer. That's probably pretty good. So I picked that wow. up. That was, that was good. I think I've done like tilapia in it. And yeah. um, I haven't tried air frying my vegetables in there yet. I really want to, because I've heard it's good. Um, I normally roast my vegetables in the oven, but I've heard it's really good in the air fryer as well. I haven't done, I don't think I've done too many veggies. I've done um, sweet potato, like in the air fryer. It's awesome. Salmon is my favorite thing in there, definitely. Um, and wraps. Like if you get a tortilla. Ah, oh, yes. It is, I honestly, like I'm a sucker for like a good wrap. Like, you know, if I go to a deli or something, like just there's something about that panini press or whatever they do, <laughs> delicious, right? And I was like, let me try it in the air fryer. And oh my goodness, you can turn just like the most basic, like turkey, tomato, lettuce, like a bit of cheese and like some guacamole and stick it in there with some hot sauce, of course, you know, and <laughs> it is the best thing in the world. Like the way the cheese goes and like, you know, it's cr- like crunchy on the outside and gooey on the inside. It's uh, that's definitely my favorite. Um, but I haven't, tried, I haven't tried chicken in there. I always do mine in the crock pot. Oh, you uh, have to do in the air fryer as well. The crock pot's great. I love like sh- just like shredding some chicken breast in the crock pot, but you'll have to try it in the air fryer. It is absolutely delicious. It's so juicy and yummy. Uh, I believe, I'm trying to remember exactly. I think it's 325, I think, 325 for like 20 or 25 minutes. Okay, it would be a bit longer with chicken than like fish, so. Yeah. Yeah. Don't quote me on that. I'll have to look it up and send it to you, but, um, it is yeah. so good. I just, and it's very simple. I literally just take it out of the pack, trim it up a little bit and then throw, spray it with a little bit of olive oil spray and then throw whatever seasoning I'm feeling like that day on it, throw it in the air fryer. And it's amazing. I'm going to try that tonight. I was going to do the pop pop. <laughs> now you're intriguing me. It's like a big salad night. So I think that actually would go well over top of it. So that's perfect. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Um, well, good deal. Well, I just want to also just let you share your story today on this platform. I, you know, I know we've chatted a little before and like you mentioned at the beginning, we kind of share not the same story, but kind of similar struggles, similar achievements and accomplishments, but I just want to leave the floor open to you now. Like feel free to share whatever you'd like, but you know, who is Carrie? Where'd you come from? You know, how'd you get to where you are today? Um, take it from whatever direction you'd like to the floor is yours. Um, I always joke that I should write a book 
Um, <laughs> and I tell my clients and be like, Oh, I don't know if you'll understand. I'm like, I do. I like, you have no idea. And I, I really like that about, you know, being a coach, being able to actually understand my clients. I'm not saying you have to have gone through the same thing as your client, but it's definitely helpful. Um, so I grew up, um, I would say from, from the age of like maybe nine, I think I started to notice I was like getting chubby or I was aware of it, or I just wasn't didn't look like some of my friends or whatever, you know, the insecurity started and that carried in all the way and up until like my early thirties. Like I battled with my weight, with like insecurities, with, um, you know, gosh, even in high school, I used to wear like my dance body suits underneath my shirts, trying to flatten my stomach. And, you know, I was, I, I remember going to a gym and they told me I was like, severely obese, even though I actually wasn't, um, at that time, but they did the, you know, the BMR and told me I couldn't have carbs. And, and I just remember like, I was only 17 at the time. Um, and no one really guided me, you know, I stepped on this, this scale and I can't remember if I told you this before, but the gym that I joined, there was this room with all these robot machines, um, that it was kind of cool because you didn't really know what to do, but the robot would like guide you and it would show you the pace and, and it would track your workout. It was actually kind of cool, but the scale, when you got in, you had to sign in and step on the scale before your workout. Hmm. So in mind, I'm wearing my shoes. It's midday. I've had meals, all these things. So it's not even like, there should be a big sign on it. Like this may not be accurate. Like, you know, (laughs) fluctuations happen and the scale would out loud this robot would be like "Uh oh carrie you've gained two pounds and like right so you're working out trying to get rid of it and then stepping on it again at the end of your workout and obviously you're going to be up post-workout because you're holding water from you anyway so many experiences that you know ended up um leading to an eating disorder for I don't even know how many years that was. I want to say close to 10 years um, on and off. There were years that were worse and then years in recovery. And, you know, I've been like fully recovered for probably eight years now. Um, but, you know, along those lines, like I, my doctor put me on, you know, appetite stimulants, like, or, you know what I mean? Suppressants and mm-hmm. fat burners and detoxes and you literally name it raw diet. So I know what it's like to try and want to change your body. Um, and then I ended up meeting a trainer who gave me the best advice. I still credit her to this day. Um, you know, she got me into strength training. Um, she gave me a routine. She was very into body for life, which I don't know if you've heard of that before, probably one of the most legit diets and workout programs out there. Like if it's going to, if something's coming from a book, that is one that I actually, um, wouldn't frown upon. Um, so what she did was give me like, okay, you know, strength train four days a week. Sure enough, obviously things started to change in between those days. I could do a light cardio. Um, and she taught me to use my, you know, my hands and stuff to portion out protein. Mm -hmm like, okay, your meals, you don't need to cut this out. She's like, but instead of having, you know, two pieces of bread and having like a peanut butter and jam sandwich, she's like, have one piece of bread loaded up with like five pieces of Turkey and have it with a salad or with some veggies. So she started teaching me how to 
incorporate more veggies, more protein and have a smaller portion of my carbs and stuff. So mm-hmm. I did this pretty loosely. I mean, sometimes my carbs were just French fries from McDonald's. Right. And I would <laughs> go to McDonald's, but it was teaching me this balance. Um, and that's kind of started things off. I, I noticed a difference. I felt better. I felt fitter, um, more confident just from, I mean, strength training's empowering. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, and then, you know, years passed, I got, I, I moved to Bermuda. I started partying that side of me kind of fell by the wayside, although those habits still stuck despite like I gained, I gained more. I topped the scales. Um, you know, for me, I think I was like two twenty-five or something and I'm quite short. Um, so that was after my first year living here in Bermuda, um, which I moved in 2009 and it was just a summer of if you've ever been here in the summer, it's a lot of <laughs> swizzles, which is like a 500 calorie, like fruit punch concoction that doesn't Yum. taste. That is, oh, it's so good, but it's sneaky. So anyway, lots, <laughs> lots of nachos on the patio, lots of chicken wings, lots of, you know, fried breakfast when I was hungover, like all that. And so I kind of lost that side of me, even though I knew how good it felt, you know? Um, so I kind of was that person who got there but then kind of let it go, you know? So I also understand what that's like. And then fast forward years later, I stepped into a gym again, re- remembered how much I loved it and then got into bodybuilding. Join <laughs> that cult for a while, you know, um, ended up winning a show, went to the extreme, did like kind of follow clean diet. So I still didn't understand calories. She taught me some habits. I didn't understand calorie balance. So I believed my coach when he said I couldn't have fruit. I couldn't have gum. I couldn't have sugar in my coffee. It was just, you know, I had to have lemon water in the morning, like all these really strict rules. Um, And yeah, the weight came off, but I was then obsessed with food again. Didn't have it. Um, And then again, I'm not going to go too deep into it, but fast forward, learned about flexible dieting. When I adapted that approach, that was the year that I won my bodybuilding show because I actually came in looking fuller and feeling better because I was actually like fed um, and happier. And then, uh, you know, I spent years at maintenance, got pregnant, gained another 75 pounds when I was pregnant, um, which was, which was necessary. I think after years of spending years like bodybuilding, it was just my body's way of being like, you know what, we just need a mental break. Absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. And I went off car, I went off on protein and vegetables while I was pregnant in my first trimester. So that did not serve me well. No protein, nothing, not one protein (laughs) at all. Like you could not get it into me if it wasn't if it wasn't a potato or like cereal or waffle or bread. (laughs) um so yeah and since having my son who's over two I am currently down I want to say 76 77 pounds since then um so kind of a little bit past where I started um and you know just trying to take it down like an extra like maybe seven ish but I have a whole new fresh mindset because of it all like I, I literally could write a book maybe I will one day yeah, that would be awesome. And I, I remember, so I don't know if I've actually had ever seen some of your bodybuilding photos. And then you shared one on Instagram like a week or two weeks ago, yeah. I think it was. And I was just amazed by like 
you were really into it, like big yeah. time. Yeah. I, I loved it at that time. It's like you almost sometimes, and I, and I actually, we spoke about this in a podcast. I think it was my podcast with Jordan Syed. And we spoke about the power of like, sometimes creating some imbalance is what creates balance, you know? Mm-hmm. So by teetering all to one side, I was in this party lifestyle, you know, neglecting fitness. And then I went into like die hard, like carrying my meals around with me. I had a timer on my phone that went off when I had because I didn't want to miss my gains. And I was <laughs> into that identity. Um, and now I laugh at it. Like I'm now I'm just like, I just want to, you know, I just want to look fit and yeah. feel food and like nobody's got time for a six pack anymore, but, um, but yeah, it was, it was, it was an experience. Let's just say that. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, and like you said, like, and I think, you know, even I'm sure it taught you a lot of good things and I'm sure it also, of course, had its negative effects as well, because of just how strict and you have to be with that kind of dieting. And I don't think a lot of people realize what it actually takes to get like bodybuilders ready, so to speak, and to be able to step on stage and, yeah. but on the good side of things, what would you say? Like maybe like one, two, maybe three lessons you learned, like throughout that process of bodybuilding. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there's so many good takeaways. Like I, I'll make fun of it often. Like I'll be like, Oh, you know, six packs aren't worth it. But like, there are so many things it did teach me. One was the power of consistency. Like that was when, when I started losing like the weight steadily and taking those weekly progress photos and realizing the power of just taking each day and doing the best you can each day. And like watching that add up over time, it was, it was addicting. Like, you know, you really just like thrived on, you know, showing up and being your best self each day, like giving your all to each workout, instead of seeing it as this like end goal, you just kind of each day, how can I be the best, like the best me today? Um, so that was powerful. I also think, um, despite what I teach and like, you know, all of us teach like a flexible dieting approach, there is something, um, beneficial about the traditional bodybuilding diet. Like it taught me that, you know, basic protein, carb and veggies is like one of the best meals you would ever have for fat loss and health. And, you know, you're getting your, all your nutrients in, um, it keeps you more full. Like there's, it's just so easy to eat, you know, <laughs> it's easy to prep. And, um, that is something I am thankful for because I never have to think as well as what I learned like previously in my years from that trainer, like when I'm creating a meal, it's not, what am I craving? It's like, okay, well, what protein am I having? Okay. What, what starch do I crave tonight? Maybe, you know, but it's like, <laughs> veggies do I have in the fridge? Like, I don't care. It's either Brussels, asparagus, broccoli, like whatever it is, or a salad. Um, so it saved me a lot of time learning that habit. Um, you know, cause I don't have to think about what I want to have. And people complain, not complain, but that's an obstacle they face. I just didn't know what to eat. So I did this and it's like, well, you know, building that habit is going to make it easier. So you never have to think about it. You know, it's easier. Um, so yeah, I would say that. And let me see. Oh, powerful lesson. <laughs> um, I was going to say it taught me what not to do in a lot of situations. <laughs> um, 
I was thinking on the spot now um, of like a positive takeaway. There's definitely some, I would just say like, it taught me what I was capable of things that it threw me out of my fixed mindset. I had always grown up saying I'm not a runner. Hey, I still say it now. I don't like running, but, um, you know, I was just, I'm not athletic. I'm not this. And at the one point in my bodybuilding years, when I was, you know, we had to do a lot of cardio because like you had to, like, you know what I mean? You couldn't pull your calories any lower. So we had to utilize cardio and me and my friend used to go to the track here. Um, and instead of doing like distance running, we would do like sprints and all this. And I actually ended up getting approached by one of the, um, the top running coaches here. Um, who like, you know, trains a lot of the people for like the Olympics and things like that. And he was wow. just like, really need to join, like, join like our, um, there's like a running club or something like this. Cause he's like, you're really good at this. And I was like, this is not something I ever thought I was good at, but I was actually really good at sprinting really fast. Um, mind you only weighed like 118 pounds at that time, so <laughs> but, um, I think that was cool. Like I don't choose to do it again with <laughs> <laughs> my walking, but to know what you're capable of, if you just put the work in, you know, um, I think that was a powerful lesson too. Yeah. I, I absolutely agree with all of that. And I think another mm-hmm. thing to talk about with this is, and I've noticed with a lot of females is I think through that process that you went through with the bodybuilding, you also realized how hard it is to put on excess muscle and actually look quote unquote (laughs) bulky. And so all these ladies out there that maybe are afraid to lift heavy weights because they're afraid they're going to get bulky, you know, what would you say to someone who is, you know, maybe lifting just the 10 pound dumbbells and it's afraid to lift up, you know, pull, you know, pick up the twenties or the thirties, you know, when they're fully capable of lifting that or more, but they're afraid they're going to get bulky. Yeah. And unfortunately, like it's, it's perpetuated out there. There's people telling, telling these women like, Hey, you don't want to look like this. And you know what? It's okay. Like if you're, if you're new to training and maybe you see a bodybuilder and like, you don't want to look like that. Like, I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Um, it's just understanding that it takes a lot of effort and a lot of overeating to look like that. You know, when you first start out, yes, you're going to gain some muscle. Um, but you know, if you're in a, like planning on like getting into a calorie deficit or even eating at maintenance, a lot of the time, a lot of that muscle will, you know, trade out for fat, like, or you'll lose fat and gain muscle at the same time and end up actually looking leaner you know, and it's the people who look toned and not bulky are the ones who are lifting really, really heavy. The ones who look bulky are either on drugs or have spent copious amounts of time purposely eating more food, which most people aren't going to do. It is really hard to get bulky. Like I have been trying to grow my shoulders for so long and you know, like it's, it's been my thing. Like we have extra shoulder work, like exercises and all my workouts and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and like, if you look at me now, like it, there, there's nothing, it's not there, you know, post-workout it's a little bit, but hopefully with the cut, you'll see a bit more, but I mean, like I've, I've gotten, I'm the strongest I've ever been. Um, or sorry, when I was bodybuilding, when I was at my smallest, I was the strongest I 
had ever been and like the tiniest, like I was the least bulky. And the most bulky was after having my son because there was a lot of body fat over top of my muscle, right? Um, And at that point I was back in the gym, like lifting with fives, trying to get back in. So it's, you know, building lean muscle is one of the best, most empowering things you could ever do. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's one of the things I really push for a lot of people to do, because I think a lot of people, and and I don't like just to stereotypically, you know, label this as women, but I feel like that's where we do see a lot of it is they're coming from this wanting to do just cardio. And they feel like that's the only thing they need to be doing to be able to get that look. They want that toned look, but that toned look is mostly coming from a lot of strength training and that's what they don't realize. It is. And it's taking proper rest periods. It's, it's, it's repeating the same basic movements over and over again, like that. It's, it's not sexy. It's not that exciting. So, you know, if, if you're bored sitting and resting between your sets, like listen to your favorite song, listen to a podcast, listen to this podcast, you know, it's like, (laughs) like, listen to something, turn it into something else. You know, usually I have my music or, um, sometimes when I'm working out, I'll get my best content ideas. So even in between, I set my timer for five minutes, rest, three minutes, rest, whatever. And I'll just like write stuff down and I, I associate it with something else, you know? Um, cause I mean, it's not, it's not exciting. Like I don't, I don't get excited going into do Bulgarian split squats, but like, <laughs> I a butt from nothing. Like I have a butt now, like it's, yeah. this works, you know? Um, and, uh, it's, it's empowering and, I would also say like having a plan and going in, trying to beat yourself. Like, you know, like, like you know how our, our workouts are structured going mm-hmm. in and knowing that you're doing one extra rep or increasing the weight or, you know, increasing an extra set or whatever it is. And just having that to look at, it gives you something to focus on. Yeah. And not only that, but I think you also brought up a very good point of, these, these workouts aren't always like sexy and like a ton of workouts back to back. Like I know before I started working with a personal trainer, Jordan, I would just go into the gym and start doing like, gosh, like probably nine, 10 machines in a row, like just back to back to back and not really like measuring my progress or how much weight I was doing week to week or how many reps and sets. And I, I really wasn't focused on a lot of that. And was I, ma- was I making success? Yes, but I'd say that cautiously because like I wasn't really measuring that. So like I could tell like I was going up in the weight on the um, machines or I could tell like there felt easier. I felt like my form was getting a little bit better, but I wasn't really measuring any of that progress. But right. now I feel like with the workouts we're doing now, most of my workouts are four five, maybe six lifts in one session. And like you said, it's just the same thing over and over and over and just progressing a little bit each time. And that's all it takes. And it doesn't take much more than that. Yeah. And that's where the magic is. It really is. Um, What was I going to say? Like for those in the gym, like what you were saying, you were going to the machines and stuff. And for those who maybe are there, but don't have a plan and feel embarrassed, like me in that robot room way back in the day, you know, it's, it's important to realize that you being in the gym is amazing. Like the fact that you're showing up, um, something is always going to be better than nothing. I just like, we, we teach this stuff and we speak it because we want the best return on investment for you. Like our time, your time is valuable. 
It's like, obviously the fact that you are in the gym means you want to make a positive change. So, you know, we teach this stuff because we want you to get the best results, you know? And I think that's like, that's the thing. It's not to make fun of like, Oh, you know, you should be lifting heavier and all this. It's just like, no, we, it's hard when you see someone, when you're a trainer in a gym and you see someone like spend an hour and a half, just doing ab exercises, you know, and you're like, there's so much more you could utilize um, to capitalize on your time with, you know, um, building your core strength, doing compound lifts, things like that. Like there's nothing wrong with doing ab exercises, but like, you know, I could, I see it, obviously I won't say anything, but, um, you just want to help everyone kind of save you from the years you spent spinning your wheels. You know what I mean? It's kind of coming from place. Yes, exactly. And I think another thing, just to, just something I just thought of that I think is good to bring up for people who don't realize is like, just because you're spending an hour doing ab exercises doesn't mean you're going to have abs. Yeah, you, exactly. <laughs> you, I mean, you're not, you know, and I'm going to probably butcher the same, but it's like, you don't, you, you're going to build muscle in those areas, yeah. but you're going to show those muscles off by what you're controlling with your nutrition. That's and, it. and just like, you can't, if you have love handles, you can't just do tons of exercises around that area to get them to go away. That's not how that works. And I think it's just important to bring that up for people who are listening that maybe don't realize that. Like yeah. if you're just doing all these endless exercises, trying to target areas to lose fat, that's not going to happen. You'll lose fat wherever you're genetically supposed to. You're going to gain muscle where you work out. Yes, that is very true, but yeah. you're not going to show any of that until you get your nutrition in check as well. That's why they're both so important. Yeah. No, you're absolutely right. Um, I was like, absolutely right. <laughs> so cheesy like that. <laughs> um, I think it's safe to say that most people probably owned one of those like sit up machines that were in their house, a little bar, the crunch, the, the magic something or whatever it was. Uh-huh. Um, and I remember I used to watch TV and like uh, commercials. I would do like 15 and I'd be like, oh, it hurts too much. Like, I'm not going to do 20. And then I'd have a snack beside me. And it's like, you're thinking like, Hey, I'm going to do this. And then I'd be like, well, I don't like my thighs. So let me like do some of these Jane Fonda moves and <laughs> just spot reducing. And that's where, that's why people give up. Right. Cause it's, you're never going to get there that way. Like ever, there's no exercise that's ever going to reduce body fat anywhere, you know? Um, which is why like, you know, using strength training, using exercise as, um, a way to show your body self-love, um, versus like a way to punish your body or change your body. Um, and just, you know, taking stock of, or taking account of like all the many benefits of exercise and strength training. I mean, strength training is literally like alongside like water and sunscreen. It's like the fountain of youth. Like I swear those things, like people always ask me, Oh, you know, your skin's always so nice and all this stuff. And I'm just like, I literally wear sunscreen in the dark. Like I wear sunscreen all the time. Um, that water and like, and strength training and obviously protein and veggies and stuff too. But, but yeah, I was like, it's the fountain of youth. And I, I feel like, you know, it's, it's too bad. Previous generations were never sold exercise as that. It was always just a way to either look like Popeye or tone your thought. You know what I mean? Like it was one of the two, like, yeah, you either had old school bodybuilders or women like in the, you know, body suits and the socks trying to like, tone their thighs. Yeah. Yeah, no, exactly. And, you know, I like to tell people another reason that's important to strength train is you're helping yourself years beyond what you think you are. I mean, you're doing this 
So you can, when you're 85, 90 years old, you can still get off the toilet. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, and we, you know, you laugh at that, but it's like, it has a lot of truth to it. Like that is, you're, you're strengthening your bones and your, you know, all these muscles that you're going to need to use the rest of your life, even beyond when you're still trying to strength train. Yeah. And the thing is, it's tough because it's so far away, right? Like people don't, you're not emotionally attached to that. We're, mm-hmm. we're emotionally attached to things that are instantaneous, right? Which is why it's so important to take note of what exercise is doing for you. You know, it's, it's like after a workout, I'm like, oh, I feel empowered. My head is clearer. Like I, I've poured into myself. I'm going to be a better coach. And like, I, I just, um, I notice these things and even just things like, oh, my son's watching, you know, and every night we take him for a walk at the park. Um, and we make him run like, because well, one, we want him to sleep through the night. (laughs) Um, he's really, really strong. Like he climbs up these Hills and he pushed his little um, balance bike up the Hill. And it's literally just made me so happy that my last like seven years or whatever, um, becoming the fittest version of myself is rubbing off on him so that maybe he won't have to start from scratch the way I did, you know, um, that he's, you know, at least like fit daily movement is a part of his life. Not saying he has to get into the gym or whatever. We'll obviously early, but you know, so yeah, just taking stock of the many benefits, like what exercise is bringing you, what it's, what it's gifting you, you know? Yeah. And you know, and the kids, kids do watch I mean, I don't have any kids of my own, but like I, my clients have told me how much, like when they're just even, and not just like for the gym, but like you said, like just walking more, going out and doing activities more, getting mm-hmm. outside, not just sitting on the couch behind your phone or watching TV all, all evening long. Like, let's get outside. Let's go f- do, you know, go for a walk. You know, one of my clients told me today that, you know, they've been going out playing tennis a couple of times a week and they're wow. getting a gym membership, not to go to the gym, but just to go to the pool that's at the gym. So they can start swimming more and just doing more things that are active instead of just sitting around doing nothing all the time. Yeah, Sitting on iPads. And I mean, we obviously have moments where we're all on our phones and stuff and yeah. he likes he likes his YouTube and, you know, we have to use that. There's times where you need the YouTube up. Yes. <laughs> um, you need it sometimes. Um, but yeah, it's so true. Like they, they watch it and like you have the opportunities to, you know, teach him like he don't, he doesn't need everything I give him. Trust me, like toddlers are picky, but <laughs> I try and always do his meal templates like the same way as me. So there's always a veggie, there's always a protein and there's always like a starch and a fat. Um, and as he gets older right now, he's still a bit young, but I really want to bring him in on like the choosing process. Like what protein should we have tonight? You know, which veggie do you choose and have him kind of help to make the dinner so that again, it's a habit that he's used to, you know, I remember in my, in college, I had a roommate that used to eat like that, that always made these like, you're like, Oh yeah, no, I just had like salmon and like asparagus and like roasted potatoes. And I was like, I was like, I had a pizza pocket. I was like, okay, like <laughs> a pizza pocket, like a two liter of Coke or something. Like, <laughs> I mean like I was just like why are you such an old man right and <laughs> obviously his parents taught him that way like they taught him to cook yeah and he was the one that felt the best and looked the best in college you know um and me like I was yeah like well, I'm not spending my money on food I'm gonna spend it on going out and that's yeah. right no yeah. and, and not only that but like the kids also look at how you talk about the foods that you're eating and how you you know one of my other clients she said that her kids didn't like vegetables 
but a lot of it was because she always said she didn't like vegetables. And so she made it seem like it was a chore or in like a hassle having to eat vegetables. And she was like, she would word it as we have to eat these vegetables, you know, we, you know, we have to do this, have to do that. And, um, she, she jokingly would always, she would say that my, my veggie friend, that's what she referred to me as instead of a coach. Cause you know, they're not going to tell me what a coach is, but like my veggie friend tells us we need to eat more vegetables. <laughs> and, but I started to tell her like, instead of like making it like a, like a task or something that you have to do, make it fun and enjoyable. Like, even if you don't necessarily love all the vegetables you're eating, even if you just make it seem like you're enjoying them a little bit more, your kids are probably going to start enjoying them a little bit more as well. Absolutely. And, and for kids and stuff too, one thing I've noticed is like including a bunch of colors and that's the fun thing about vegetables, you know? So I was, it's weird because my child, like, again, he won't eat, he won't eat like pizzas. I bought like little mini pizzas. Like I try and get some of the easy stuff. Like I do not cook things for him because he's picking. <laughs> so most of the stuff is like, you know, like we'll have like chicken sausages or air fried chicken nuggets or whatever, like fish or whatever we're having. We'll give him some of like when I do cook. Um, but, uh, he likes the most random things and veggies are actually one of his favorites. And I was shocked by it, but from the beginning, we were always like, look, this one's green and this one's this. And like, I mean, he'll take a sandwich or French fries over anything else or a cookie, but he likes spinach. It's awesome. He started eating it from my plate because he sees us have it all the time. So he's yes. like, some of, some of mummies. And I'm like, okay. And, you know, beets. And he doesn't really like tomatoes, but like peppers because you can, you know, get four different kinds and put all the colors. And I think that is helpful. And like you said, if you're eating them yourself and like, mm, you know, and it, it's yep. helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's even, and I'm thankful, you know, I didn't have the healthiest habits as a child and more like when I started to get older, but like when I was a kid though, my parents always expected me to eat my vegetables. And now granted, they probably, you know, I was just saying, you don't, don't make it seem like it's a chore. You tell me you have to do, but they would tell me like, you know, I wasn't allowed to say I didn't like something unless I tried it multiple times. And they would keep introducing it to me over and over and over. And now I love vegetables. There are, there are very few vegetables I do not like. And I, and I do think that's a lot of, because that's just how I was raised is you have vegetables with every single dinner. Um, that was just something you had. And, yeah. and I think another thing with it comes to vegetables is so many people will try to make it difficult. Like, I don't know about you, but the steamer bags that come in the freezer are my go-to every day. <laughs> I just sprinkle some sea salt on there and like some nutritional yeast a lot of the time or like garlic powder or whatever. And it's done. It's yeah. so easy. Yeah, absolutely. I, I like roasting vegetables too, but like no one's always got time to cut up all the veggies and stuff and set up the pan and all that stuff either. Right. So. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, and honestly, like I've been paying for a little bit of convenience lately. Like since I've been going to the store recently, like if I'm just running short on time, like I would try to make excuses like, oh, I don't have time to cut up these peppers or I don't have time to, you know, cut up this or that or prep this. I just heard to buy some of the pre-cut up stuff. And yes, you're paying a little bit more for it, but it's just making it, it doesn't give me an excuse not to have those things in my diet. Absolutely. And that's why we always have the frozen stuff in like on hand all the time. Or if I'm cutting something up, I'll cut more up and put it in like a mason jar for like the next time. So I have it, you know what I mean? Like that's, Sometimes I do that, not all the time, but yeah. I said, when you have it, when you have a son, like a, a kid, you end up cutting up little things more often, but, um, 
but yeah, that's it. It's like, people think it has to be fancy. Um, you know, that everything has to be like fresh local produce, all these things. And it's like, no, like frozen stuff is great too. Yeah. And so kind of swinging towards, I want to touch on this before we go, I want to talk a little bit about, since now you're taking that more, you mentioned earlier, that flexible dieting approach with, you know, with yourself and also your clients that you're working with. And mm-hmm. you've, you've seen both into the pendulum and, you know, both extremes. And now you've led yourself to this flexible dieting approach. What were some of the biggest takeaways and like why you found this to be the best approach for you and your clients? Um, oh gosh, there's so that, that I could go on forever. Um, <laughs> honestly, it's just eliminating all food guilt. Um, it's, it's knowing that like it, how do I explain that? It's like having this powerful choice of like, I could have this, but I don't want it. Like you're choosing as opposed to like constantly being in a place of I can't have this, you know, um, in my bodybuilding years, like I used to fantasize about waffles. I don't know why I don't, I don't even really eat them. Like, it's not something that I eat on the regular. I like them, but I don't know. Yeah. And I, I would be up at night thinking of them. So of course, like after my show or like whenever I got a cheat day or whatever, I would like gorge on them, you know? Um, and now for the most part, like I don't really crave anything because I can have it, you know? So it kind of helps to eliminate cravings, obviously alongside eating enough protein and like having your veggies and water and all that stuff in check, mm-hmm. um, you know, and it just allows you to live life and be human. Um, you know, obviously in a deficit, there's going to be more restraint. Like I, I find there are coaches out there that are like, Hey, look, you can diet and have burgers and donuts and all these things. And it's like, you can, but you've got to explain that there's trade-offs, which is yes. what I am doing in my Kit Kat challenge. I'm like, mm-hmm. yeah, Kit Kat, but I'm also having chicken and broccoli for dinner. Like <laughs> notice this, you know, if you want sweet potatoes for dinner, or if you want to have fries for dinner, don't have the Kit Kat, you know? Um, so I just love how it, I mean, how it's so flexible. I mean, if you have a party coming up or if you have something coming up, you can kind of adjust your week and just know that everything has its place and that you literally can't mess, mess up at all. Yep. As long as you keep going. So I think it's just, just gets rid of all that guilt that, you know, dichotomous thinking and, um, just gives you back your power. Um, you know, so I, I love that. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's some of the best takeaways of flexible dieting is it just, like you said, it's flexible and allows you to do what you want, eat what you want within reason, of course, as you just mentioned, but it just opens up so much more flexibility in your just being human and enjoying life and not being so restricted with everything else that all these different diets out there try to force you to follow these certain rules. Yeah. Um, well, I want to be conscious of your time. We're wrapping up here about, about an hour almost, um, but it's been awesome chatting with you. But before we go, where can people find you? And I know, I don't know if you've announced your big surprise. Is that coming today? Or I, I don't know. I don't know if you want to spoil the surprise. I mean, this will go out on Friday, so it'll be past time, but 
Um, that tomorrow. So that's where, what day are we on Wednesday, June 2nd? Um, I'll be announcing my top secret program, uh, which is actually going to be like officially launching at the end of the month, but the wait list will be up tomorrow. Um, so it's still secret, but you can find me on Instagram. Um, I have two accounts right now, which is like kind of a funny story, but anyways, the new account has reels and I've been known as like the reels queen. I love making TikTok. <laughs> favorite thing ever. So TikTok is Carrie Lee fitness. Um, and on Instagram is Carrie Lee fit, um, or Carrie Lee fitness. There's two accounts, but Carrie Lee fit is my new account where there's a lot more, um, where I'm documenting the Kit Kat challenge. Uh, you know, I'm putting a lot more reels and a lot more stories up on there. So, so yeah. And the, and the surprise will be out soon. All right. Awesome. Awesome. And actually, if you guys are listening uh, or whenever you're listening, it should be out by then. Cause like I said, this will be going out on Friday. So yeah. it'll be after the fact. So definitely go check her page out and figure out what that surprise is. Um, yeah. even, even I don't know yet. <laughs> so, um, and then also, um, are you taking on current clients? If so, like how can they, um, what's the best way to then reach out to you? Yeah. Um, I, I'm currently taking like two more one-on-one clients. Um, I try and keep, you know, a certain amount at a time because I just want to be able to dedicate as much of my time, obviously to each and every client. Mm -hmm. Um, but you can find out more about my coaching services, about the fit method, about the new surprise or grab my free fat loss guide all on my website, which is, um, www.carrieleefitness.com. Well, Carrie, this has been absolutely awesome. It's always such a joy chatting with you. Such a positive person and I love catching up. Yeah, right back at you. Awesome, awesome. Well, is there anything else you want to add before we close out today? Um, I'm, I'm, I'm ready, ready to eat. <laughs> ready to eat, all right. <laughs> talking about the food and I kind of went down that hole. It was like pizza pops. I was like, now I really want a pizza pocket, right? <laughs> Well, go get a pizza pocket. <laughs> oh, no, that's it. Uh, honestly, it was great chatting with you, Chase. It was. During the episode. All right. Well, thank you again. Well, thanks guys for tuning in and we'll chat with you later. Bye. Awesome. Bye. Once again, thank you guys so much for tuning in to another episode of the Chasing Health Podcast. I greatly appreciate you so much for listening. If you enjoyed the show, you can help me by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. This really helps me become more visible to others. Also, share this episode with friends or family and take a screenshot of the episode and upload it to your stories. Be sure to tag me and my guests so we can be sure to say thank you. If you ever have any questions or feedback about something covered on the show, you're always welcome to send me a message. You can find me on Instagram at changing underscore chase. Have a great day, guys. And remember, you matter.